Welcome to the cocoon, where the 99% transform into 100%. I'm your host, Michael Baker, and you're listening to the Open Door Podcast Series. Please welcome my guest from Portland, Oregon, Lydia Spanswick. I am here today with Lydia. Hello. Lydia. <laughs> Lydia, you, you just said your last name, and I... I, I Spanswick. Spanswick. Lydia Spanswick. Lydia Spanswick. Lydia of... Pure Simple Juice. And I just love her. I I met her not too long ago, and I got to say, I am fascinated, fascinated by your creativity and your just, uh, you, she's got this uh, thing about her. She is a go-getter. And uh, I love her products. I love what she's doing. Um, I'm glad to have her on board. And here's Lydia. So, Lydia, tell everybody about yourself. What are you doing these days? Wow. So... <laughs> <laughs> Pure Simple Juice is kind of the focus of my world right now. Um, we make cold-pressed juices, and we do cleanses and subscriptions. We do soups, salads, all kinds of snacks and treats. Um, really, my goal right now and sort of what I'm focusing on is being the Willy Wonka of the <laughs> produce world. <laughs> that's kind of my joke. Um, but, yeah, that's the fulfillment of one of my dreams that's happening right now okay. in Portland. So Willy Wonka mm-hmm. of, of, of the... Yeah, right, t- like, you know, the Candyman can, except yes, I do. I'm fixing it with love and making it taste good, but it's got beets in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It, it's not just about beets. I got to tell you, I tried her juices. Um, I tried a lot of the things she has here. She has wonderful stuff, wonderful Yeah, you did like a three-day juice cleanse, really. I did. I did a juice cleanse. <laughs> and I have never, first of all, when I went to your space and um you know i got the juices i thought i was gonna have you know a couple of juices you know for or well maybe honestly just like three for the you know for the three days you mean variety wise or you mean like, like three. portions oh like you thought three. you were gonna drink three juices a day <laughs> no i only adorable. thought i only thought i had one juice that you were gonna give me for some reason nice. I, you know just from what you hear no i didn't get three drops of juice per day yeah she gave me <laughs> she gave a um a variety a veritable plus yeah there was like five different they weren't yeah. juices i don't think people when people hear about juices i really want you to explain what you do with unfortunately your words get overused for yeah. the wrong thing we live in a world of marketing and everybody knows that like marketing and branding is 90 percent of most businesses mine is kind of the opposite um i really am very much into R&D. I love creating new things. I love making things better. I love using ingredients that nobody's ever heard of and making them taste great. So that's basically what I did with your cleanse. Our, it's kind of a misnomer because our cleanse, yes, it is a cleanse, but it's mostly a nutrient infusion. So the focus of what we're doing with our cleanses is to put as many nutrients into your body as can be readily absorbed in a you know, normal time frame, three to five days are the two time frames that we work with right now. Um, and we've had really good results. So we're just going to keep on doing what we're doing and keep on refining. Um, but we use a much wider variety of produce and a much higher quality of produce than what you can find otherwise commercially. Okay, there's so many questions that I have there just for, for myself and everyone. So Sometimes the words have to fight on the way out, like who's <laughs> going to win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let's take a step back because we'll talk about these uses and what my experiences was on this cleanse. Um, but first, let's hear about you. how did you get into this? You have a background. Small-scale um, agriculture and cocktails. Those are the two main things. And before that was clothing, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> okay, so the, lots of different things you do. So how did you get into, uh, you know, doing juicing and doing food production meaning it really starts from when i was a little kid um so i was raised 
where my mom was growing most of our own fruits and vegetables in Southern California. So by the time lunch would happen, I was full already because I was eating, you know, raw green beans and picking off tomatoes and whatever. So I grew up eating raw produce without really thinking about it too much. Um, and then kind of had to differentiate and launched off from California to New York when I was 20. Um, and I got into the service and food industry and really into cocktails, like really into right. cocktails. So wait a minute. I'm here. You, you grew up around eating fresh vegetables. Yeah, but it wasn't a focus. When you're little and something's put in your world, it's just there. It's just like, what it was. Yeah, you're not working for it. It's not part of your consciousness. It's just, you know, oh, yeah, it's produce. I eat that all the time, whatever. So was your mother a farmer? or I mean, No, why, why? she's, what would I say, like a, a hobbyist. You know, they're in the Rare Fruit Growers Club, and they're into organic gardening before organic was a term mm. and that kind of thing. So it was just how it was how I was raised. You know, we all have certain things of how we were raised. That was just one of the things about how I was raised. So it wasn't really like a goal of mine to be in anywhere involved in food when I was younger. I did food service because it was a way for me to be able to support myself and mm -hmm. move, you know, all the way across the country. And so that part was really fun for me. I loved the service aspect and I loved getting to know the details because I'm a very de detail-oriented person. And then the better restaurants I worked at, the more details there were about the ingredients. And then finally, when I realized that cocktails were like this whole nother world. I just sunk my teeth into it. Hmm. Okay. Right around the time I turned 21. So right. it really starts with cocktails. Okay, me. so I just heard you. You went to New York. We're going to get to this cocktails because she has a, she has a business. Another company. She has another company. She's, she's got a lot going on. Um, but you went to New York. What brought you to New York, and what were you doing there? California brought me to New York. I wanted to get as far away from where I grew up as possible. <laughs> I was like, get me out. Let me see what else exists around because I know that this can't be it. So, I moved to New York. I, like I said, I just worked in restaurants in order to support myself. I was still in the clothing industry. Mm. Um, I mean, a brief synopsis, I had a little boutique where I sold all, I made and sold a lot of other people's handmade clothes and all local designers and that kind of thing. And I did that for three years in the East Village. So I've always been into making things and working with my hands and making things from scratch, knowing where the fabric came from. And the more and more I worked in the clothing industry, the more I became interested in the production side. So I actually would oversee production in other companies, hmm. uh, or sorry, for other companies overseas. Um, you used to go overseas? Oh, yeah. And I would oversee production of, you know, 10,000 of whatever. When you say oversee, what does that entail? What did you have to do? What was that? Uh... Uh, I would go to the factories mm -hmm. and make sure that the, I was basically like the head of quality control for the brands that I worked for. Fascinating. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you did that. And then, so let's veer into this cocktail thing. Right. So cocktails was another folk after clothing. It was like, okay, I love clothes. This is great. I'm not really into the fashion industry. Um, I really like details. I like making things. And once and then because in order to support myself, I was working in food service, like in restaurants and bars. I turned 21. I start bartending because you make more money bartending than you do as a server. And then cocktails came into my world. And I had actually some of the most delicious cocktails I've ever had right around the time that I turned 21 at a bar called Milk and Honey, which doesn't exist anymore. But it was one of the, really one of the first craft cocktail bars in the U.S. What's a craft cocktail bar? It's where people are crafting the ingredients and paying attention to all the little details of a cocktail. Rather than just, you know, here's some vodka and some orange juice. Yeah, or like margarita mix that is neon green. And, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, so they were doing fresh juices and um, small batch spirits and really paying attention to the way that they were 
were selecting the ingredients and then also making the drinks and shaking them a certain way and all of that. So I got really into that from the time I was pretty much 21 until, you know, until I left New York around the time I was 29 and I left to run a farm in Maine. Wow. So then I got really into agriculture, like sunk my teeth into that. And I got all the details of agriculture. And that really felt like returning back to what I was raised with. And that was right around the time of my Saturn returns, right before I turned 30. <laughs> so I was right on schedule okay. to start, you know, going back to how I was raised mm. in some small way, figuring out what I wanted to take from that and bring with me for the rest of my life. And discovering how much I loved produce and mm. botanicals and herbs and all of these like amazing you know, flavors, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a doorway that I walked through that I have not stopped going down that path. And I don't think I ever will. So this was a farm in New York or? It was in Maine. It was in Maine. Yeah. Okay. So I moved to Maine to actually run the farm that I first interned at. Okay. So you ran a farm. What, mm -hmm. tell, tell us what does running a farm look like? <laughs> I mean, running a farm, you mean what, what? It's a lot of work. Well, this was more like a market garden. So it was intensive farming. So it's about an acre and a half and I managed a staff of six, um, me and my partner, and we would do farm dinners as well. I mean, we ran that farm very intensively, both growing things close together and succession planting where, you know, you're growing lettuce every two weeks you're planting. We would do, you know, I would manage the nursery and that was really the bulk of what I did was managing the nursery and the planting. Mm. But then you have the upkeep, you know, weeding and watering and setting up irrigation and moving greenhouses. We did a lot of greenhouse, movable greenhouse growing because um, this is Maine. So they have a very short growing season mm -hmm. so you extend it through high tunnels or greenhouses or whatever I see. um both heated and non-heated i mean i i worked for elliot coleman which he's like the forefather of organic farming basically yeah, you worked so, for him yes i ran his farm oh him and goodness. his wife barbara damrosh they took a year off in order to write the book that they their last book which is kind of a compilation of both of their skills both farming and kitchen kitchen gardening and cooking and what's the name of that book uh, that is such a great question. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll share it. I was going to we'll say, I don't afterwards. remember right now. Yeah, yeah. we can probably look that fascinating. up Fascinating, yeah. fascinating, fascinating. So, so you really delved into farming at this time. Ingredients. In, okay, not farming. You would say ingredients. To me, it was ingredients. You were conscious of that, though. You yes. weren't thinking, oh, I'm just trying to farm. You were consciously thinking of ingredients. What did that mean to you? Why were you so delving into ingredients? So ingredients is cre is compartmentalizing it, right? It's saying that this is for this purpose. Like I'm learning about this in order to use it in something else. Mm. But I wanted to understand the ingredients from where they came from and the whole system and what creates that because biodiversity is absolutely essential for produce. All right, let's do we're gonna we're gonna do some education here. So words you're using a lot of the pe people do not understand some of these words. What does that mean? Biodiversity. It means a, a diversity of different kinds of creatures. Okay. Yes, both both animal and vegetable and mineral. Right. You know all of these different things that it takes in order to create and sustain life. Right. So it sounds like you were learning about the biodiversity of how to create or access these ingredients that you wanted to use in what? What were you thinking of? Food production? Was this... The, cocktails. The, it was about cocktails. Yes. It really was about... Yes. Oh my. my partner was the food aspect of our partnership, and I was the drink aspect. Okay. So I was making juice back then, but 
not the same kind of things that I'm doing now, but definitely the beginning stages of the of that. So, what was the passion behind the juice thing? I mean, what, what I mean, where did this come from? Because you're talking about juice Feeling. and cocktails. Feeling. Feelings. Yes, I never felt better from the year that I ran that farm. Mm. Growing Your such body. high quality produce. Yes, and also being physically connected to it was so satisfying. Tell me about that experience. Eating all of the vegetables that we grew and all of the herbs that we grew was absolutely transformative. How did you tell us about this feeling? What was that like? So alive. Hmm. So alive. Having unadulterated produce as part of my like regular daily diet really awakened parts of me that I didn't know existed. Like what? Thinking better? It's like, yes. I mean, it's more clear. It's everything. It's just experiencing more. Hmm. Experiencing more life in general? Yeah. Just I felt more alive. Being able to... I felt like I was sleeping a little bit before then. Hmm. Like I wasn't fully conscious. You felt awake. Yes. Very awake. Awake in... You mean what was happening in the world? What was happening with you? How you were thinking? How your emotions? How you were reacting to other people? Would you consider that as being, you know, some of the things that you experienced or... I don't really know how to explain it. Mm. I just felt more alive. I felt more alive. I felt more connected with the world. Even though I was in a very isolated part <laughs> of Maine. I was very aware that I was in a very isolated part of Maine. Mm -hmm. Instead of thinking that I knew everything that was going on or mm. being overwhelmed. I mean, I was working at least 12 hours a day. And I wow. don't think that I felt overwhelmed. Or tired? As much or as I did when I was working less and doing different things. In other places? I mean, I got tired, but it was a totally different feeling of tired. It was like tired and satiated, not tired and like upset about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it sounds like... It was very satisfying. Yeah, it was a sounds, very satisfying Emotionally, experience. emotionally, it sounds like it gave you balance. The food, the connection to it. Because, yes. you know, a lot the of... The whole feeling of being in connection with my food and having that high quality of produce in my life was mm. just an amazing feeling. Fantastic. Okay, this is another 25 shows. So um, we'll get into more of that. That is so fascinating. That is why, you know, these messages of bringing people who are uh, doing this kind of work is so important. Well, it's, a tomato isn't just a tomato. Oh, it's no. not the same and um, different, you know, how it's grown, where it comes with the... Blah, blah, blah. People are like, oh, yeah, vegetables, whatever. But a lot of the time, they don't even know what real vegetables taste like. Not at all. I got to tell you a story since you brought up tomatoes. So as a kid growing up, I really didn't eat the vegetables and all what. It's not saying that I didn't like them. I didn't. Right. But I, re I realized later why I didn't. Crunchy I, tomatoes. I, I, <laughs> well, see, I would not drink milk. I was very sensitive. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was obviously very aware of things, always came into the world very noticing things and sensitive to things, to foods, to on what. And so I literally could not put milk down me. I've never been able to. I've never liked milk. Um, but uh, I remember tomatoes specifically. You know, they give me tomatoes and they were horrible, mushy, gross, you know, and just all, you know, it just seemed like anything that was, you know, a vegetable. I would itch and all that. But one day, mm. I don't know when it was, um, it was way after high school. And uh, 
I had a tomato from a, a farm. And I about was blown away. I'm like, what is this? It was sweet. It was juicy. It was uh, you're alive. I couldn't believe it. And that's when I started to realize the food we were eating was not food. Mm-hmm. The food that most people are getting is not food. And you are what you eat. Absolutely. And people don't realize this. And so you wonder why we have the issues that we have on this planet. You, and a lot of what we're going to be doing, you included, has to do with you know the homelessness. We see people and what we're giving. We're, you're, you're giving people, I won't say the name, but certain kinds of donuts and, and soda pop. And you wonder why people are acting crazy or why people aren't um, feeling well. Basic nutrition, including fresh water. So nutrition does include fresh water. Basic nutrition is one of mm. the biggest issues for the world today that we, we are not addressing enough. Ab- absolutely. Now, I will tell you, there's, there's some people. I don't know if you know of Kimball Musk. I just actually just found out about Kimball Musk, Elon Musk's brother. He has, ironically, a, 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 a restaurant called The Kitchen. But he has built a huge uh, program and programs around food, and they are, uh, you know, centering themselves to take about food production and, and how food is, is created around the world. And so definitely want to work with those guys. Um, and so it's happening. People are starting to do things. And so, but I feel and see that it is absolutely the first thing a lot of people keep asking me you know yep. why why do you why are you calling you know your creative action centers you know the open kitchen centers i don't understand why is it about food because it starts with food it starts with food and we eat two to three times a day some absolutely. people eat four to five <laughs> and it's not just when you talked about food it's being connected to food that's yep. also being connected to people yep. so let's go back to you know uh you were talking about you know the the drinks. Let's go back to the drinks because you're a lot of things you do. It's all community based. You're bringing people together. You're connecting them. I love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so, tell us how this cocktails. Because when people think of cocktails, they're thinking, oh, okay, you know, some some alcoholic drinks and you know the bar. But I've never tasted your cocktails. But every single person who I have heard just flip when they I I bring you up. So, tell us about your cocktails. What what in in the business that you created from that? So cocktails. So alcohol for me, especially when it relates to cocktails, is just a medium. It's just a vehicle. It's a way to amplify and kind of meld the different ingredients and flavors in a drink. It is definitely its own ingredient, you know. It has all kinds of flavor components depending on the spirit. But for me, cocktails are more about mixing different ratios of different ingredients to find what I love, Ryan McGarrian, who's an amazing local bartender, he says harmony. There's balance, right? But not everything that's balanced is great. Harmony. Harmony. Yes. I like that. So I love bring, and sometimes it means having things in balance. You know, like a super spicy, gingery, peppery cocktail can be really delicious, even though it's not technically balanced. Um, so cocktails was just a format for me to play with all these different ingredients and it was a way for me and it still continues to be a way for me to put ingredients and botanicals into people's mouths that they normally would not drink or eat and pay for them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely so that's that's really where it comes from for me tender bar is my cocktail catering company we're soon to be doing uh, shelf stable bar products Mm. that we're going to sell retail. Um, I'm just working out the distribution right now. Uh, and I'm pretty excited about basically using cocktails as a way of marketing botanicals. Mm. 
I want to make it cool. I want to make it cool to have more than just mint in your drinks. Right. I want people to get creative and to try all different kinds of ingredients, you know, all different kinds of things. Putting spices in your cocktails. Yeah, use that pepper grinder. Don't be afraid. Really? Okay. Yeah. Tell us, give me, you know, one of your drinks. What, what's, what's, what's one of these things that people love and, okay, and why so did you do it? When people ask me what's my favorite, I can't choose between my children. So, I mean, all of them are very <laughs> all right. unique. So not a favorite, but something that people tend to really respond to very, very well. I mean, you know, you can see which ones people, people go, wow. So, no, it's so hard to narrow down. Uh, it's okay. impossible. All right. So something I like then, let's put it this way, because I don't really drink hard alcohol anymore, but are you trying to get me to describe a drink in yes, detail? Yes, I am getting you to describe a drink. Okay, I'm just going to pick an arbitrary drink All right. that Boop, some, out people, of the hat. Yeah, some people may love and some people may say, you know what, that's not for me. But that's what I love about cocktails. So one of the things right. that's really special before I describe this drink is that liquids hit your palate all at one time. Hmm. Food, it, it happens time-released, right? You're chewing the enzymes in your mouth are reacting with the textures and the flavors. It's a whole different experience. But with cocktails, it's like all at one time you are getting intense flavors. And because there's relatively low or no fiber, you're able to absorb it right into your mouth, mm. which is so fascinating to me. Like it really, it, and so it connects parts of your brain. Hmm that normally wouldn't be connected through eating solid food. What do you mean by that connects parts of your brain that normally wouldn't be? Because it's a simultaneous flavor experience. Mm. I'm seeing neurons all being connected that yes. normally aren't connected, which yes. actually that's a that's a that's a huge subject. That's actually creating something new, new experience and, and thinking in a And that's what drinks are. They people ah. really experience drinks a di in a different way than they experience food. Do you Solitude. think that's why sometimes we're so addicted maybe to certain drinks or certain things because of that? For sure. Yes, definitely. Oh. Wow. Ooh, I know. I never thought so about that. So much scientific that. research. Holy crap. Yes. We're going to have to get into that. It needs that. to be done. And there are a lot of studies, um, but there's not a lot of studies that connect those studies. Mm. And most, as we know, you have to follow the dollars. Most people that are s studying scientifically, they have dollars to do that. And right. so they're making money off of, you know, some... <laughs> sugary syrup exactly. that they're adding. Yeah. They're like, so well, that like, makes a great connection. We can make a lot of money off of that. Right. And so so they do, you know, what's less expensive. So part expensive of my and... goal, and I'll get to that cocktail, I okay. promise, okay. but I'm going to make you wait for it. <laughs> part of my goal is to take scientific research and put it into the platform of nutrition. Like, how do we actually get nutrition into our bodies? Mm -hmm. And what does that mean for all the many different body types? Because we're not the same world. We're not segregated in the same way that we were. Mm people fly, you know, like we're moving now. We are a population on the move and we're growing very rapidly. So how do we address all of these issues with our taking our current food system into account, but also trying to pioneer with real food science, yes. not just the science of how to make food into not food and shelf stable and travel all over the place mm -hmm. or how to make not food into food. How do we keep food food, something that actually feeds you and makes you feel alive? Absolutely. Beautiful. So, that cocktail. All right. One, I'll say one drink that kind of transformed the way that people were looking at my cocktails was making my own gin and tonic, right? So, 
you can make, you can have any kind of spirit and fuse it with whatever botanicals you want. Gin is usually juniper, right? I mean, it can be a bunch of other different botanicals. So I've done many variations on gin and tonics. And what I love about making my own tonic is that I can use a variety of fresh and dried herbs. Okay. What does a tonic mean? Right. So tonic just means something that's supposed to cure your ails, right? That's like a colloquial Mm -hmm. language for um, like kind of a cure-all. But the... The history of a gin and tonic is actually they wanted people to drink what they were calling tonic, but that's quinine. It's made out of quinine, which is chinchona bark, which mm. helped to prevent and also cure malaria. So it was really so a healing get, thing. It, it was back then when malaria was a problem. Mm. Um, and so in order to get mostly, you know, the British subjects to drink it, they had to put gin in it. So it's a similar philosophy to what I do. I right. am also creating tonics. Mine, most of my uh, tonic syrups and tonics hmm. don't have quinine in them because we don't really have a problem with malaria, especially in this country. Um, but I'm using other herbs and botanicals that do have medicinal properties that are relevant to our Pacific Northwest bodies or wherever it is that I'm making cocktails. So I really do make regionally specific hmm. Tonics. So your drinks aren't just drinks so you can consume them at some party because, you know, you want to get drunk. You're saying that you're making drinks that actually have a healing aspect or, excuse me, healing, a a healing properties, supporting it. Yes, a support property to your. So when we drink your drinks at a party, which we're going to do many, um, uh, these are actually nurturing to our bodies. Yes. It's the party drink. It's fun. It looks cool. It feels good. And it's putting real food into your body. All right. I, I, give us our drink. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. What is it? What, give me one. So, well, the gin and tonic was okay. kind of like my lead-in. Um, and then I do a lot of different variations on all kinds of local things. I mean, I'm infusing rose petals into gin. And I'm really working with what's around me. I. Mm also working with foragers and I do a little bit of wild foraging myself and that's another part of why cocktails are such a great medium because alcohol is essentially a sponge so you can do all of these infusions and a lot of people know about infusions um you know you can do in chili infused vodka and strawberry infused rum and all of these different things so I do partially I do that but then I also am doing what I call batched cocktails, or some people call them premixed cocktails, which has a negative connotation. But essentially, I'm juicing these things fresh. I'm making my ingredients fresh and mm. then mixing them with alcohol, which helps to preserve them. So the mm. lemon juice in my whiskey sour mm-hmm. is actually better preserved when I mix when I premix it than if I were to juice all of these lemons at the beginning of the event. Mm. And then wait hours because lemons change chemically in about 15 minutes. They're losing some of their benefits. So you're keeping the property stable. So I'm actually stable. keeping the property stable. Very much so. Wow. So it's I call them bottle cocktails or glass-aged cocktails, depending on whether I'm aging it or not or if I'm just mixing it you know, prior to the event. So to me, they sound more like tonics. They sound more yes. like I'm going to take a shot of something of that has this herb in it that has... Uh, this part of a juice in it and it's giving me the nutrients in my body that I need quickly and and it's keeping it stable so I can keep it around for what I don't know how long they would last a week uh, 
Uh, it depends. I mean, this is like we can go as much right. into little scientific details as you want to go. But basically, if it's more than twenty five percent alcohol, it's relatively fridge. It's fridge stable. Fridge stable for okay. a good long time, and it'll change chemically a little bit over time, but not right. very much, depending on if it's exposed to air or not. Fascinating. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. I and am... it's the never ending mountain that I want to keep on climbing. You All know, right. I'm never going to get to the top of this mountain, whether there's right. alcohol in it or not, and I'm very much not passionate about selling alcohol. What I'm passionate about is combining it with the ingredients that I know that people need that they may not know how to approach getting into their daily diet. And how much more sexy is it to drink a cocktail that has a bunch of different herbs in it than to take some kind of solid supplement, whereas your body is not solid. So how can a solid food assimilate into your system as readily as a cocktail can? Because alcohol as you probably know, thins your blood a little bit, and it actually helps with the absorption Mm -hmm. of a lot of medicinal properties. Now, some medicinal properties of some of the botanicals, it actually will change chemically, and it it can actually mute. And obviously, too much alcohol is not a good idea. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to drink alcohol, why not have some medicinal properties along with it? Maybe even a little bit of nutrition. Well, this is what people would say. Well, it's not going to give me the buzz that I want. I want my martini. I want probably two martinis, but... You know, if it has medicinal, every time someone hears a word of that, it's oh, like, no, it, it amplifies it and it just cleans it up. What do you mean it amplifies and, it? Uh, or I shouldn't say it amplifies, it heightens it. It heightens the, the, the yeah, buzz? Yeah, because drinking, in, a, in my opinion, in a healthy atmosphere is a social. Yes. It's, it's a social coming together. It's lowering some of our barriers so that we can all come together. Yeah. Ah. Sounds fuck. I'm thinking of so many different parties. And this is just right. And this is just the reality. This is not necessarily yeah. like the current reality. This is yeah. not necessarily what I'm trying to create. Right. What I'm trying to create is a fully alive human experience where we are connected with the mm. food around us. Because there is so there much food. I mean, everybody is talking, you know, in the food community, we talk about all this foraging and whatever, but it doesn't have to be such a separate thing. We don't have to go foraging. Mm-hmm. We can forage all the time. We can try little things that Explain. are just around us. We Explain. have dandelions in our yard, you know, like try making dandelion wine and all of these, you know, experiment with what is around us. How, yes. How, see, that's, that's awesome. This is right on point of, if the vision that I see with people, I'm I'm not that person to do all those things, but I like to bring this to light and then create an atmosphere for people to, and, and systems Just and ways that they Just to open it up to that Absolutely. part of the human experience. Yes. Everybody's not going to juice, and that's part of no. the reason why I made such a concerted effort to have a company that creates high-quality juice because anybody that's ever juiced knows that it's quite a bit of work. And yes. unless you have a very high-quality machine and on cleaning and all this stuff, and you have access to all this local organic produce, it's never going to be that experience that you want in the time frame. You know, if you're juicing, it's because you're looking to get quick nutrients, mm-hmm. you know, and flavors in a, in a relatively short period of time. It becomes very inconvenient when you're doing it yourself exactly. all the time. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, part of my goal with having the juice company was to make it this easy experience where not only are you getting all of these nutrients, but you're also you're also part of a, a cycle of packaging because in our food world, packaging is a very big deal. Okay. On that note, yeah. before we... We've already gone through this segment. We have so many, so many more things to talk about. Oh, my gosh. All right. So, first off, 
where can people find your products? Uh, you have you have more. It's not just juice. I know it just says Pure Simple Juice. Right. But first of all, that you can go to PureSimpleJuice.com. Yes. Yep. And so PureSimpleJuice.com, we sell cleanses. We make our cleanses and subscriptions available online. Um, we're quickly adding a variety of our snacks and treats, which can be shipped all over the U.S., um, and what we're looking to do is to create a, a food system, like our own little microcosm, where people can say, you know what, I do want to eat better. I do want to participate to wasting less. I want to understand a little bit more where my food comes from. Maybe I'm not ready to go to the farmer's market twice a week and make all of my meals seven days a week, but at least I can have some of this local nutrition opt in to supporting our local farmers and the people who are growing and harvesting our food and also not create quite as much packaging waste because if you're buying all of these single-serve meals, mm -hmm. whether it's in a restaurant or not, there's a lot of packaging that goes into it. A I lot mean, of waste. The food industry would not exist if there wasn't plastic wrap. And I think a, a lot of people know, but a lot of people don't know, plastic wrap is not recyclable. Right. Right. So we're creating all of this plastic. And how is plastic made? Plastic is made with chemicals. It doesn't matter if it's BPA-free. It doesn't matter if it's compostable. Plast the, the process of making plastic has chemicals in it. So part of my initiative with the juice company was to remove plastic from being in contact with liquids because liquids absorb the plastic chemicals. Yeah, the chemicals. So you use glass, yes? So we use reusable glass bottles, and that's mm -hmm. one of my main concepts that I'm committed to. Um, and essentially, our bottles are reusable, so when you buy a bottle retail, you're paying for the cost of the bottle. When you bring it back, we give you a discount, or if you're doing a cleanse or a subscription, you're not charged for the cost of the bottles. So then you're only paying for what's inside and how it's getting to you. Fantastic. So your way of sustaining, you know, we, we all know, I, I keep telling people, we're seeking to make the change. This is about change makers, and we have to start somewhere. And uh, we don't. We can solve the problems together. We can. We can get rid of all these things together. But it takes, you know, a concentrated effort to do that. And right now we're in a transition, so we're transitioning. And what the things that you're doing, amazing. You have just, you know, reduced a lot of waste on the planet, and also while creating wonderful things. So we thank you for that. And so before you go, and obviously. You're going to be back. We're going to be doing lots of these and lots of teaching programs and lots of events with Lydia. She's amazing. But she has brought me some snacks. Uh, this one uh, says spicy nacho cheese. Hacho, hacho bites. bites. <laughs> yeah. So we're using All right, tell me about that. Uh, hatch it up. pepper hot sauce. Say from, that again. We're using hatch pepper hot sauce from okay. Marshall's Hot Sauce, one of our neighbors That's to a local? our kitchen. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they're getting local peppers. Um, and so we've created kind of a crunchy nut dressing, and they're dehydrated, so that's why they're crunchy. Mm. They're kind of like popcorn, broccoli, and cauliflower. Mm. Almost like a, um, well, they are organic broccoli and cauliflower. Really? Yeah. So you're basically eating vegetables and nuts. Fascinating. With a local hot sauce mm. uh -huh, and fresh herbs and spices. A very and that's it. Satisfying texture. No. You know when you weird want something stuff. chewy and really substantial? Yes. This tastes like um kale chips. Right. But yet a substantial mm, crunch and chewiness to organic broccoli, cauliflower, pumpkin seeds. Local pumpkin seeds from Aurora, Oregon. Pumpkin seeds have a wonderful healing properties. Yes, they do. High in magnesium and zinc. Cashews, garlic, and black pepper, hot chilies, and sea salt. Amazing. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. All right. Well, 
She has other things here for me, but we have many more things to talk to Lydia about. Um, we're going to be out there and about doing things. Hey, tell us about the Portland night market. Yeah, so we're going to be doing our usual uh, all-ages bar and snack cave where we'll be selling things like the Hacho Bites. Um, the Portland Night Market is a really fun community-centric event. It's open to the public. It's The next one is September 23rd and 24th from 4 to 11 p.m. The best way to get to know about it is on their Facebook page, um, so Portland Night Market. And then the next one? And it one. happens quarterly. Um, after September, there will be one in November, um, kind of a pre-holiday market. But the the September market, we're going to be closing down the street, sort of adjacent to the night market. And so we're going to have 175 vendors and really focusing on creating a low pay-to-play for a lot of these local vendors who are either trying you know, new products or they're smaller companies and they're looking to get their foot in the door and really just to provide the products and services straight to the people. Um, so last night market, we had 17,000, I believe over 17,000 wow. people come. Yep. And we're expecting around 20,000 for the next night market. Mm. So we're going to have Pure Simple Juice. We'll have two little all ages bars and snack caves, which is really fun. It's a fun way to interact um, with our community because my kitchen is about six blocks away. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's just really fun to showcase a lot of local vendors, a lot of different kinds of you know food carts and pr food products. Um, there's a lot of people that do services as well who are showcasing their work, and a lot of local art as well yeah. and music. So all right, all right. So again, if you support Lydia in, in many different ways, you can go to her site at puresimplejuice.com, and she's going to be around town doing many things. We're going to showcase her on a regular basis. You are amazing. Uh, thank you for this, and thank you thank for thank you. Thanks us. for your support because Absolutely. it really takes the support of a lot of people um, for our local businesses. You know, yeah. we have to keep our dollars and our focus as local as we can for food, and then we want to see what other people are doing and bring it in and have all kinds of exchange of ideas. And that's what's so cool about what you're doing. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, Lydia, we'll see you soon, and thank you. You are just gorgeous in every way. Uh, again, check out, check her out at puresimplejuice.com and uh, check her out on our site at thecocoon.com where we're going to be doing many different events locally um, and beyond, actually. Uh, Lydia, is she has no idea what we have planned for her. She's, no uh, <laughs> she's quite amazing thing. And so, um, you guys, thank you so much. Thank you, Lydia, and uh, we'll see you soon. You've been listening to the Open Door podcast series. Cool. The Open Door is part of The Cocoon the creative action centers of online open source networks. Tune in weekly, where we share ideas on consciousness, health, and creativity. Together, we are taking action where the 99% transform into 100%.